Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode number, wait for it, 200, entitled to niche or not to niche. It was published on Thursday the 8th of October 2020. My name's Nathan Wrigley and a few bits of housekeeping just before we begin. Head over to wpbuilds.com, the website where we maintain all of our stuff. There's a few pages over there that I'd specifically like you to look at. Head over to the subscribe link at the top, that's wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. And over there you'll be able to keep in touch with all that we produce on wpbuilds. Each week we produce a podcast, that's what you're listening to now, and we also do a news item on Monday where I go through the previous week's WordPress news. That comes out at 7am UK time. You can subscribe for both of those things on the form on that page, but also you can subscribe to a deals email and I'll alert you when I hear about WordPress-related deals. There's also links on there to our Facebook group and various other things like how to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast player. Head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash deals if you'd like to avail yourself of significant amounts of WordPress products and services. There's absolutely loads on there with significant amounts off. So if you're in the market for something this week, check that out. Also, I would like to say wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise if you would like to have your product or service in front of a wider WordPress audience. A bit like A-B split test. Do you want to set up your A-B split tests in record time? Like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is that it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Now, if everything has worked correctly, this episode should be being published on Thursday during the Page Builder Summit. If you haven't checked it out, it's still going on. Well, today, the remainder of today and tomorrow, Friday, go to summit.camp and you'll be able to take part in those presentations. And if you missed any, you can always buy the, well, we're calling it the Power Pack. It's the All Access Pass. So you get access to all the materials. That's over at summit.camp. Obviously, I've recorded this prior to that being live, and I'm hoping I've got every finger and toe crossed, hoping it's going to be a nice event. I would just like to make a personal thanks this time around as we've reached episode 200. I'd like to make a personal thanks to David Wormsley. David joins me every other week and he's been doing so for many, many years now. We're heading into our fourth year at WP Builds and I don't think I've ever thanked him personally, so I'm doing it now. David, thank you so much for the effort that you've put into this podcast over the years. I've really appreciated it and as we both know, there's a fair bit of work involved and I appreciate everything that you do. Speaking of which, today it is an episode with David. It's called To Niche or Not To Niche, and it's exactly that. Are we better off as WordPress website builders finding a niche? Are there benefits to that? Or are we better off just being more generic? A surprising amount pops into this conversation, certainly more than I was anticipating, and it's really fun. We debate it from both sides, and uh, I hope that you enjoy it. Hello, today's discussion or debate is to niche or not to niche. So Nathan, we've talked about this some years back, but we haven't subjected it to this kind of perhaps more rounded format. Do you think you've changed actually on niching since we talked about it? 
I don't really know. I mean, certainly from a sort of philosophical perspective, I might have changed in that I might have a more rounded opinion of it. But certainly the the work that I do uh, hasn't changed. You know, I haven't haven't managed to succeed at being a niche, if you like. It's probably quite <laughs> apropos to say right at the start that the United Kingdom people say the word niche. And by niche, we mean oh, yeah. niche. Is that how they say it elsewhere? Niche? Yeah. I think so. It's, it seems the American way of saying it for for certain. They've got it wrong, though. It's niche. <laughs> yeah, there's another debate right there, but not a debate we're going to have. So, yeah, okay, tell us tell us about what's in this debate then and what to niche or not to niche. That is the question. Yeah, well, I'm going to I'm going to put forward the niching argument because I think maybe to a certain extent I've thought about it more because I think when we last talked about it, we were kind of like, well, we don't really do it. So I think things have moved on. So I'm going to argue what I would say. I don't know. Do you think this is right, that this is the kind of default advice for most people who, say, run courses and events for people getting into our business? I think most of them suggest that you ought to look into a niche do you think that's true? Yes, and, and I'm I'm always puzzled by that because obviously I'm going to be taking this from the opposing side. In other words, not niching, and I'm never quite I'm never quite happy with that advice. It always seems to sit ill with me because that's just not the, the experience that I've had. I mean, I'm not living in a metropolis. The geography and the geographical constraints of where I live play a huge part of the work that I do. You know, if I lived in the middle of London or something, my client base is suddenly colossally, you know, dramatically improved. So that's just not the experience I've got. And obviously, again, if I was living in the middle of London, I would be uh, I would be available to thousands of different people all doing the exact same work. So vets or lawyers or restaurateurs or whatever it might be. But where I live, that's just not the case. So I can't be that choosy because I do like to work with local people. So sometimes I look at this advice and think, well, that's great if you live in a in a situation where that, that might work out for you. Um, you know, especially yeah. if, like me, you like to go and see the clients. But to some extent, I think that people selling this message that you need to find a niche and go drill down on that niche, it, that, what else could you say? You know, if you're selling a course about selling websites, you can't really tell everybody, well, don't niche on anything. Just try and find any work from anybody um, because that will be fine because you can't really sell a course about that because you can't constrain it and you can't develop the, mm. the techniques because there isn't really a technique. It's just more, it's more broad and wide. So I, I reject to some extent that advice. Yeah. I mean, there is – it's the – kind of some semantics to this as well because you could argue that you perhaps have niched you just niched into your kind of local area with the type of people yes. that you will serve and, and well, in that way that's true what, what you offer yeah so maybe i mean okay I'll, I'll, what i'll do is i'll probably try and put forward the bullet points of the if you like the default advice for it so you, i'll quickly run through my notes and then okay. we can discuss it more so um the first point is that it might help you find your ideal customer. Um, it could help you to become an expert in your field. And as such, you might be able to charge more because you are that expert. It might be a better way to target your marketing, reduce, reduce some of the burnout or overwhelm that you can get because it's easier to create systems if you're doing the same type of work. Um, 
the other kind of thing is that you, instead of competing with everybody with the same sort of skill set, you could work with other people who work in that niche alongside it. So that would help also with your marketing as well to make connections with other people who sell services to your same niche. So I think they're basically the main points, aren't they? And yeah. there are a few extras that actually you helped me with. <laughs> Do you want to mention those that now? It, yeah, yeah, I'll just throw them in at the end. One of them was that, you know, if you do go down a niche, you know, there's nothing to stop you going and creating another niche. Once you've worked out the format of a niche, then you could probably do that. And also, that you know, you could literally sell that niche and move on to the next one if you wanted. So it's a lot, they're the, really the plus points for niching. Yeah, the, the sort of objections I get, I, I think, are the, the first one that you mentioned, finding the ideal customer. I don't even know what that is, really. In that, <laughs> is is isn't the ideal customer just somebody who gives you all the resources that you need when you need them and pays on time and is ridiculously polite and always answers your emails, etc. You know, I, I I see that as the ideal customer, not somebody that is a vet <laughs> yeah. or somebody that's uh you know I don't know looks after businesses, you know, is a marketer or does law or whatever it might be. I, I just don't see those as my ideal customer. The ideal customer is just somebody that behaves well and allows me to get on with what I need to do, not somebody who works in a particular industry. Okay. Well, maybe, you know, I mean, one of the things that we might do to our clients is ask them about who is their intended visitor. So uh, there's still something in the advice maybe about the fact that, you know, perhaps you should be asking yourself who you'd want to work with. And there might be a great variation if certain people in certain types of industry might be a certain type of person against another, you know, I don't know. I'm sure there's something very different about authors against somebody who's in waste disposal or something, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the type point. of customer you're going to get. So you might want to do that. I mean, who, who do you imagine your personality is going to click best with? Yes. Well, in, if that was the case, you know, Definitely second-hand car salesman. I'm going to go straight into that niche because I'm just going to click with them readily and everything's going to be fine. No, but it's an interesting point, you know, the idea that, that the, biz, the business that you go after is your ideal customer. And obviously that, that yeah. is built upon you buying into the whole niche thing. And obviously if you do buy into the whole niche thing, and let's just for the, for the sake of argument, let's say it's vets. Um, and you've decided that, you know, you, you have enough interest in that from the community. There's people that need vets websites. You feel that that can, can make a business which is profitable. Then, yeah, there's just no nothing wrong with that. They are your ideal customer. They are the vets or the people that work in vets practices who, who have control of the purse strings and the marketing budget or what have you. But like I say, that's just not the experience I've got. My The geography and the constraints of the geography mean that I, I tend to work more locally and I'll, I just work happily with anybody. So the, the niche is geography rather than, um, rather than you know, the, the industry you're in. So that's interesting. But I, I can see the point. Yeah, I, I can see mm. that there is a point there. It just, just hasn't worked out that way for me for reasons unknown. Yeah. What if it was if your niche could you not adopt the niche that you're going for? So perhaps you know instead of being vets, it was generally um, kind of health of all kind. You, then you would have a, a wider catchment area known for doing these types of sites that were you know either health for animals, health for humans, yoga classes, that kind of thing, health and leisure kind of sites. 
you could still kind of build a niche even in a small a smaller area initially yeah it it never my business there was no great plan to make it geographically constrained it's just the way it worked you know <laughs> yeah. if, if i if i was going back and so probably i'm about to undermine everything i've just said if i was going back the when i began designing websites you know things like wi-fi didn't exist certainly nobody had mobile phones computers were were available but certainly not everybody had one it was the kind of thing that certain people had and other people didn't and mm. people slowly started to adopt websites as a thing that they needed and i was just able to talk to these people and they they were confronting me in the real world you know i actually met them and spoke about it so that's just the way it evolved but now you're quite right the world is your kind of oyster there's there's no reason that geography should um should block you because yeah. every vet well let's say in the uk in our case it might be better to constrain yourself with that kind of geography but every vet in the uk is potentially your customer um and and i could totally concede that it, you know there's just nothing wrong with that argument it's just not the way my business evolved and it but my business didn't evolve with a grand plan it just happened that way i would say one thing though that with your niche, do you feel that that finding your ideal customer is something that you yourself need to be into? So again, taking the example of vets, is that something that you need to be passionate about? In other words, if you're constantly building vet websites, would that just get a little bit boring and a little bit <laughs> uninteresting if the challenge was always to to create a new and innovative vet website, which basically said the same thing as every other website? Now, that might be great because it's easier and you've got the expertise and you know instinctively that you can give this advice to the client and it's solid advice that's what you need that's what countless websites yeah. have told me you need to put this information at the top yeah great 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 but <laughs> boring maybe yeah i think well again i think the niche or not the niche comes down to this balance between kind of not being overwhelmed by trying to learn too much more than one person could possibly do against you know the danger of getting too boring if you just you know limit yourself to a, a certain thing that you do but maybe mm. is there not you could argue that even if you're just picking sites that you make for one industry it will never get boring because you know how you might represent that information on the web the web itself technology changing how you can put over your message is constantly evolving so you'd probably still be quite excited even if you were quite bored of the the subject matter well that's a good point yeah that it's we're not really dealing with the subject matter so much over we're dealing with more the technical stuff and you know new ways of doing things new plugins new yeah. versions of wordpress new editors page builders or whatever so the interest could still be there even though you're deploying the same kind of site you you might be better off niching because the, the fun in this job isn't necessarily about uh, the messaging it's often about the technology and that never stands still yeah i think one of the arguments for the maybe for the, the good reason why they will argue for niching or looking at it is because it maybe does get you back to some of the business propositions like i was saying you know ideal customer we ask that when we talk about web design of our clients about who's their the visitor that they're trying to attract <clears throat> and also we might be looking into the type of traffic we might attract for our clients as well and when you think about niching although maybe cynical you can start from the basis of saying well what are people searching for out there and actually do the kind of keyword research first before you even pick your niche which means that to a certain degree you might be able to predict 
the likelihood of success in your business. Right. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, just on that point, do you do you get a nice rounded fruitful answer when you ask your your clients who their ideal customer is? Do they do they give you a, a reasonable <laughs> pitch on that or do you find that they well it's anybody that needs a vet, you know, anybody <laughs> that needs a a, a lawyer? Do they, do they have that information? Because I know we obsess about it all the time, but kind of every time I have that conversation with somebody, they generally just say the most generic thing imaginable and we have to begin that journey about identifying who their ideal customer is. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think just that's human nature, I think, isn't it? We we don't like to kind of think about those things. And even if you're trying to niche, I think, through keyword research, you haven't decided what you're going to specialise in. I'm not sure that... That I've tried to do this before a little bit, um, looking at keywords to see what people might type for our kind of services, and, and the results are not really very conclusive. So, um, you know, I've just argued my own case. I've argued against my own case, haven't I? Here, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I think we'll be doing that throughout this. And and is that the point about about it though? Is that basically niching is just a it's a study in SEO. It's just trying to to manipulate the search engine so that you make your life easier. So in my case, Mr. Generic will take anybody kind of client. That's very hard to to pitch. You know, how on earth am I going to differentiate myself in a keyword search? But I, I do wonder, I wonder if the keyword, and I have literally no insight into this, I'm just putting it out there. I wonder if people in my geographical area are searching for web designer or web builder and then the name of the town, you know, so it might be, in my case, uh, web designer Scarborough, or it might be web designer London or whatever. Is, is that what's happening? Or are people literally typing in things like veterinary practitioner, web designer, lawyer, web builder, whatever? You know, in other words, does does it actually help you in the SEO game? I, I honestly don't know, but I know for my part that I would be searching against geography but that's probably not what everybody else is doing yeah and there was a couple of examples a couple of people I remember from some groups who have had very successful niche businesses um because and and they they are typical businesses that you would expect to do quite well so somebody's making websites for churches and another one and I'm sure I've mentioned this before is making uh, for what for what North Americans would call municipal um, areas, so like our town council mm. websites, and and then you can see why both of these would be successful um, because they could carry on through word of mouth because there's no competitiveness there. If if you uh, if you need a website for your local town council you're probably going to look at what other town councils have got. You're not in competition with those people. You probably want the same kind of thing and inspiration. So you're likely to easily go for somebody who's done the same site as your neighbor. And I think churches are the same. There's no, you know, commercial downside to this. You know, they still, they're treating their local people. So I think those kind of niches are worth i don't know whether people will actually search seo for those things my suspicion is that there's much mm. more searches for diy anyway and that's where i think the church niche has done quite well because they've also created a um, a SaaS platform or was platform yeah I, I really love that argument because i think that is 
a really strong proposition, especially when geography comes into play, for not niching. So an example would be, you know, I build a website for a lawyer and the lawyer, my friend the lawyer, is then quite happy to recommend me to the garden centre because there's just no competition there. And the garden centre will recommend me to, oh, I don't know, the uh, the veterinary practice. And the veterinary practice will recommend me to the doctor. And the doctor will recommend me to the startup who's got a new business selling widgets. Be- and so this whole word of mouth geography thing works really well because there's just no no competing thing. Whereas if, if I'm Mr. Lawyer, uh, and again, this is constrained by geography. This whole argument rests upon that, that, that premise. Um, you're not going to recommend me if if you feel I've done a good job and I've made your website superior to all of your rivals in the local area. You're just not going to recommend me because that's just not in your interests. You're you're then going to boost the 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 SEO if you like or the the availability or the desirability of your website and therefore increase competition for yourself. So that's not something you're going to do now. I don't know if lawyers gather online in forums and recommend, you know, recommend web building services to people who live in far flung different parts of the country. My estimation is that lawyers are in competition with all lawyers in the country. You know, increasingly, it doesn't matter. My my um, some relatives of ours just recently moved and they moved from a part of the UK called Suffolk up to where I live, which is Yorkshire. And they elected to use a a lawyer because you must have lawyers to fill out the paperwork and so on. And the the lawyer was had no geographical location in Suffolk or Yorkshire. They just picked somebody um, who was far away, and I think it was basically based upon price or something like that. And so that's what they did. So I think that the the competition thing is really important, you know. And so that also highlighting what you just said, there there must be certain niches where let's say philanthropic things or municipality things like you said so schools might be a really good niche because i know for a fact that there's no competition there and i know that people head teachers often meet up with other head teachers to share best education practice that would be a great example and local town councils exactly like you said they meet up to share best practices something innovative that they've seen elsewhere so that would work really well, that niche. But it strikes me that if you're in a competitive niche, you've got to deal with the competition and the difficulty of them recommending you via word of mouth. So SEO is the only tool you've got. Um, I don't know if I've explained that my thoughts on that very clearly, but hopefully I did. Yeah, no, I understood it. I mean, I've always felt that was the my biggest argument against the niche was this idea, you know, obviously the limits, the people you can reach within it because people go local but also mainly the fact that competitors wouldn't want to recommend you to them but there are you know i mean the the vets one is an example because we have a vets site that we look after and they've been sold a couple of things which i've needed to embed in their site by people who are niching in there so one of them i can't remember what the other one is but the 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 one i remember is this kind of website if you like that people can search through for different types of pet care that they want to know about Mm. and they've been able to sell this to lots and lots of vets out there so i'm assuming the vets again they are restricted by their locality so they're not worried about the fact that they've got basically a page which is the same as many other vets out there because their customers are just the vets they're just serving the people locally 
It's really interesting, actually. There are certain people who seem to be immune from the need to update their website just because the geography is so crucial and there, there may be just so few choices. And, and vets seems like a really perfect example. You know, you are going to go to the nearest vet. I mean, I I would imagine that there's not a lot. I mean, maybe maybe the, the personality of the vet is crucial. I don't really know. I don't have any pets, so I'm talking, um, you know, I'm just talking off the top of my head. But it strikes me that you're just going to go to the one that's closest because they're going to deliver the same thing. And goodness me, I mean, you see some shocking websites out there. And, you know, there have been times in my life when I've actually done dreadful things like cold calling and emailing out saying, look, did you know that? You didn't have an SSL certificate. This is crucially going to affect your search engine rankings. And most of the time they don't even reply. And sometimes they do. It, you know, we, we're not interested in updating our website. It does everything that we need. It's online. And all people want to do is type in the name of the, the bit of the town that we live in and get our phone number. That's all the website's for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I remembered something that I was thinking long, long time ago. So I'm sure I haven't mentioned this. It's just reminded me of a little niche that I thought was out there, which I never explored. There were so many um, garages uh, for cars that do MOTs in the hmm. UK. And apart from the big players out there, none of these small ones had a booking system at all. And I really, at one mm -hmm. point, I was looking at it because I thought, do you know, I could probably go around all of these people and say, you know, do you want adding to your site or, you know, or we'll create your site with this, with this appointment set up. But I never really trusted an appointment system enough to build a business on it. But I thought there was, at the time, this is a long time back, you know, there was a, seemed to me a potential niche out there, all of these kind of small local businesses. It would have been so much easier if they didn't have to ring to book in there appointments and to get the reminders as well you know sent out to their customers to get the repeat business yeah yeah this this brings me to what i think is my strongest point is that it is just so easy to mess this up to get it wrong so in other words to to just entirely pick the wrong niche you know you, you pick something which you, you really firmly believe like in, in your case uh, mot we should say is like something that you have to you have to put your car through this test every year and if it fails it's it's not allowed to be on the road until it's retested and passed so it's a pretty big thing for garages mot must represent a vast amount of their income because it's mandatory every year um but you know you could build your whole business on the misguided notion that that car mechanics would like to have this automated and a booking system would be superb for that and you get your whole thing built up, you know, you, you, you're really niching down on this. And then you, you start to reach out to them only to discover that, well, they're just not interested. I've got a pen and paper and a phone. It's worked for decades. What's wrong with that? And my feeling is that that would be the response that you'd get from mechanics. They probably don't have that much interest in logging into a, a booking system. They probably want to talk to the people and ascertain over the phone what might be wrong with it or whatever. Um, and so getting the niche wrong and having a calamity on your hands, I think is totally and utterly possible. Yeah, I, I think so. And there's two sides of this kind of niching because one hand, if you're thinking about just designing websites, so they look a certain way for a certain niche, that's fine. But probably where the greatest need might be is in the functionality, like that an appointment service there and there again you know unless you're a developer who creates your own 
your business becomes dependent on somebody else's business, which I so I, I'm agreeing with you there. The other thing I was going to mention was your what you just said there about a booking system. You didn't have the sort of confidence that you you maybe had find a booking system which was reliable enough and what have you. And it it's that it's the let's say that you've you've niched right down and you can replicate sites and you can do it even with things like a you know WAS website as a service where you can replicate and clone sites with with great ease. Um, you could have all your eggs in one basket in terms of the tech stack. And then, I don't know, there's a vulnerability. There's a problem with yeah. a particular plugin. That plugin that you have got everybody's bookings in has gone bust. They're no longer supporting it. And, you know, you're in, you're in a bit of bother there. Fixing that on one website, no problem. Maybe a dozen, no problem. Fixing it on the hundreds in your niche could be a, a real, real difficult proposition to get out of. I I just wonder though, you know, to some degree we are niching whatever it is. I mean, we're both making pretty much solely WordPress sites. Even if you're not, even if you're kind of anti-niche, isn't there still an argument for at least going through all the potential options for niche, or at least trying to highlight something that you do that's different to what other people do? So whether it's that the fact that mm. you build with a page builder, which makes it a lot easier, you know, in some and maybe it's not what most people think of when they're talking about niches, because usually it's about looking for an industry, isn't it, that you're going to sell to. But isn't there still potentially a niche in the idea that you're the the website builder who uh, who uses page builders that you can makes it so much easier for you to edit your sites? You know, is that not a niche yep, in some yep. degree? I think you're right. It is. Um, it, it is exactly true that we are niche. All of us are niching to some extent. I think I've been taking the the word niche to mean industry. So, like I said, vets, lawyers, and so on. But yeah, I, I imagine you wouldn't find a website builder out there, a web developer or what have you, who isn't trying to corral people into believing that they're the best at a particular thing. That that goes without saying. I'm, I'm sure that you're right. The um, I'm going to change the subject slightly. Um, and that is, are you kind of restricting yourself in terms of the the available market? You know, if if you go for let's say vets, you you really are stopping the phone from ringing from anybody who's yeah. not a vet, unless you've got multiple niches happening, or you've got a niche as a side gig, and you've got your regular website business. You know, you've got your school niche website, you've got your vet niche website, and you've got your regular website. Suddenly it all seems like a house of cards or too many balls being juggled in the air at once. So th there's a problem. You, you are literally stopping the phone from ringing because I'm not a vet and I don't need you because you only build vet websites. And that's that's got to be bad, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there are a lot of people who do a kind of niche as a side business and still keep generic over the top and there's nothing to stop you say building up a whole bunch of those i mean i i do think in this day and age of diy there may be something in setting up some kind of niche so you can build your own i don't know lawyer website or vet website or something like that knowing the fact that most people who do diy it's not as easy as they think it is so you could set up your your mm. was solution and still be there to add on custom services so i think you know, 
But I think maybe we're moving a little bit towards that idea as people do seem to think they want to build their own websites. Now, you could niche in that, but still, if you like, offer over the top of that your customized services and you could present lots of different niches. But again, you know, there's a lot of work there. Or is there? Because it was something I was considering, you know, the idea that once you build up a a bunch of sites many of those sites could be made into something else so let's say you decided that you were going to do sites for electricians probably the kind of layout and the things that people might need on a site for an electrician are going to be pretty much the same as the one for a plumber uh, maybe even for a mechanic so you could you know set up multiple identities couldn't you as niches yeah, I think I think that's just too much of a headache for me. You know, every <laughs> yeah. time the phone rang, you would you would be trying to like figure out what what am I saying? What which phone's ringing? You know, I, I mean, <laughs> just as an example, there's no way I'm getting like three or four phone numbers. I just want one phone number to ring. In which case, then when they phone up and start talking about, you pray that they start talking about mechanics or veterinary practices because then you you're off. You know, okay, right, I know what they're on about now. Um, as opposed to launching into a conversation about why you're the best for school websites. I'm not a school. I'm a mechanic. Oh, sorry, wrong business. Um, so yeah, it just that just seems like too much effort to me. Um, yeah. It just it, interestingly, do you actually know anybody who's done the niche thing? And I, I, I mean, I don't mean know as in personally know. Can you can you think? Let's not name any names, but can you? Can you think of anybody who's done the, the the strict niching and totally nailed it? Not really. Only the two examples I knew with the church and the and the local town sites. Um, they're the only mm. two businesses I've known who've managed to nail it, and and you can see why they've done that. I mm. I, I, I can't think of any example. Though you know there were some niches, but again they were more. WAS solutions, um, there was a couple of them, which I think I've talked about before, which were uh, based on uh, restaurants. They were just serving restaurants. Pubs is another one, isn't it? I've, I've heard somebody said to me, and I've never seen anybody do it, If somebody said, if I was niching and I was in the UK, I would do pubs. I don't know about that. That strikes me as, uh, you know, again, the geography. You're all in competition with each other, aren't you? You know, pub A over there is in competition with pub B over there. Uh, it's fraught with difficulty. Do you know the other thing as well is is we sort of touched on it at the beginning, and it's the it's the inauthenticity of it a bit as well. You know, you you pick the niche. I don't even know how you how you decide what it is that you want to spend your life doing. You know, I I enjoy building websites yeah. as most of us. We just sort of fell into it. But then if I decide to myself, right, I only want to do vets. Um, a it gets boring. We mentioned that, but it's just mm. it's just not going to feel authentic you know when I, whenever i'm having these conversations that their problems are not my problems i can't really engage with them uh you know so that that's another factor as well yeah but i think there is conversely the opposite argument it would be mm. an argument for niching is the fact that it can add authenticity to what you do so you specialize in something it would kind of imply and it may be true i'm i'm sure the successful niches are people who actually wandered into it they they you know did a few sites that were in the same industry and and that grew from there and I'm, I'm sure that's the case as I was mentioning with the church and and also the towns I'm sure they were wandered into by accident um, because they were genuinely kind of interested in solving those kind of problems and those problems would 
you know they could solve them for other people as well you know yeah yeah so i think you know there's the other argument there's the counter argument that niching could be if it comes out of a, you know, a natural progression it could probably be one of the most authentic things you can do isn't it i'm going to concede that completely and i'm, I'm mm. going to say that that is that's the rich vein that you want to tap into if you accidentally stumble into a niche which proves fertile ground great and yeah. good luck to you and i'm really pleased for you but maybe don't go looking for the niche because of all the things that we said during this podcast you know it's going to be difficult to find you're probably going to sound inauthentic it might not be profitable geography could be at play all these different things accidentally find it great going to look for it i don't know yeah, I'm trying to find. I, I'm still trying to find a kind of niche in some. It's not maybe so much industry. My colleague, I think I may have mentioned this before. In a way, she started a web business back in 2000 with effectively a niche that genuinely came out of the job that she used to do before in tourism. So mm. the kind of sites that she used to get were all connected to local tourism for the whole county, and she got lots of those. But again, she did fall foul of the other problem that big players came into those kind of markets. So, of course, now you would just go to hotels or bookings.com if you wanted accommodation. So they yeah. kind of disappeared. I feel that we've probably done this subject. What do you think? I think so. We will never yeah, do this one so again. No, we're not going to niche down on niches. So thank you. That was a nice little chat. What I would say is if anybody's listening to this and... um and and does have a really strong opinion you know you've done a niche and it totally worked out please add some comments you know let us know what you think that'd be that'd be really interesting yeah but thanks for that david yes no, thanks uh, but also just to add to that i'd be really keen because i have seen some people who think they should find a niche really struggling to find that niche and if anybody's got any tips about how you might do that um that mm. would also i'd be interested in that yeah okay well let's hope that somebody comments then thanks david Okay, thank you. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. As I said at the top of the show, episode 200, as always, a pleasure to speak to David Wormsley. Maybe that threw up some interest for you. Maybe you are super niche. Maybe you are super generic, a bit like me. Either way, there are definitely benefits, some surprising ones and pitfalls. Again, some surprising ones. But I hope that you found that of interest. If you did, please leave some comments at the bottom of the post on wpbuilds.com. Alternatively, go to our Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, where you can leave a comment as well when you find the thread. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Tests in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part, it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, we'll be back next Thursday for a podcast episode, Monday, twice, for the WP Builds Weekly WordPress News and the live version of the news where I'm joined by some notable WordPress guests. You can find that at wpbuilds.com forward slash live or in our Facebook group. All that remains for me to do is to fade in some splendidly cheesy music and say, stay safe. Bye-bye for now.